Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk out the door. <laughs> on ESPN Pittsburgh. One, one, and one against two and one. It's a far cry from the AFC championship battle between these two teams in 2008. It doesn't mean, though, that I ain't still fired up. It doesn't mean that the city still ain't fired up. But we'll never be fired up about Stiller's Ravens the way we used to be. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina on site with me here at the Carson City Saloon. Bud Light Happy Hour coming up from 6 o'clock until 7. Come on by, drink some buds, have fun. College football on the TV tonight. You can check out Shirtless Tom on Twitter at ButtonPusher970. He's back in the studio, presumably behind the glass, maybe licking it. The NFL, after watching last night's game, it really hit me. It's college friggin' football. It's on the NFL Network right now here at the Carson City Saloon, and I thank them for keeping it on because it was a wildly entertaining game, but it resembled everything that I love about college ball the offense for the rams is sick now there are a lot of guys schemed open sean mcveigh is a brilliant bleeper he's bright as all get out they've got a lot of weapons at the wide receiver position they get the best running back in football and they're so good that the team that was the best defense in 2017 the vikings didn't stand a flipping chance the Rams put up 38 points, and you thought after the game, maybe they could have scored more. 11 teams in the NFL are averaging 25 points a game. That's a ton. Last year, at the end of the season, it was eight, and it gets smaller the further back in time you go. One of the reasons, though, I love college football being like that is because the NFL is supposed to not quite be like that. I love that they're separate entities. I don't need to see college football on both Saturday and Sunday. I liked it when the NFL had great offenses, but also defenses capable of getting the job done. And I wonder now if we're getting farther and farther away from defenses ever being what they were before. Last night's game was a college game. Jared Goff, though, had me sticking my hand down my pants. Holy crap. He's throwing dimes all over the field. Even Kirk Cousins was dropping the ball in there. 38-31 the final, and are we cool with this now? Dale Lawley joins us at 420 to discuss that and to, of course, talk about Steelers-Ravens in 2018, how it's been different than before. There's one thing that we all can expect, and it's that the game's going to be close. That being said, the rivalry being as good as it was in 2001 and 2005 and 2008 and 2010 makes me not appreciate the rivalry right now. It's one of those, you become a victim of the circumstances, right? You become a victim of your own success. Like Jamie Dixon had picked, he was so damn good for so long and never got him to that next level that, oh boy, we got to let you go. We got to be winning the NCAA tournament. Well, you never did it before. Why are you going to start doing it now? Where are we going to fire this guy? Steelers-Ravens was so great that even now, when I think it is still one of the best rivalries in the NFL, it's always close. 
it doesn't even hold a candle to what it used to be. Not even close. I'm still excited, but I used to wake up on the Monday following whatever game the Steelers had played on Ravens week with my Ben Roethlisberger jersey on, my Steelers socks. You got your Heinz Ward fake tattoo on your arm. I was jammed. I'm excited. It ain't the same. I wonder if you feel the same way. Are you mad about the new NFL's point of emphasis? I put it down in my notes as POA. I'm a dumb E. (laughs) The NFL yesterday had a conference call about the roughing the passer rule. And earlier on this season, right after the preseason, they had a conference call that wound up watering down the number of penalties we've seen called on the lowering of the helmet hit. So I think fans were yesterday expecting, oh, they're going to have a conference call. We're not going to see Clay Matthews get flagged again. It's not going to happen. He's not going to land on the quarterback. Gravity's not going to be a penalty anymore. We're good. False. The NFL released a statement. The NFL PA released a statement. It's going to stay status quo. I was not surprised at all. You might have been. You might have thought they were going to do what they've done for the last couple of rules. The catch rule. Well, we got to do something about it. And they did. A couple years too late, right? But they did. Well, they're going to do something about this lowering the helmet rule. And they actually did. They didn't about quarterbacks. They didn't with roughing the passer. And I was not surprised one iota because that's what I thought was going to happen. I said it on yesterday's show. I'm not surprised about it one bit because you've got to protect the investments. You've got to protect the quarterbacks. And if football can't be what it was in 2008, if football can't be about beating the snot out of the guy across from you, it can only be about one thing, quarterbacks. If you can't sell violence anymore, if you can't sell bleeding dudes, carting them off the field, putting them in wheelchairs, there's only one thing that football does for you now, and it's light up the scoreboard. It's those guys. It's the face of the league, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. The list goes on and on. Those are the guys that are going to sell this game that we have watered down to the point of violence not being involved as much as it used to be. So the NFL did exactly what they were supposed to do. They did exactly what they needed to do. They protected their guys. And the owners, they wanted it to go exactly that way. When you write a check for a billion dollars for Matthew Stafford, yes, that's right, Matthew Stafford, you got to protect that guy. You have to. And as much as the NFL has done stupid things of late, and as much as I don't like seeing laundry on the field every other play, you still have to preserve the quarterback's ability to play, play to play. And they did that yesterday. Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale had this to say, quote, because now the quarterbacks are making a mockery of it to the officials in the league, now you're insulting the officials in the league if you do that talking about diving. There are repercussions here. Because so many flags are being thrown, because so many quarterbacks are getting hit and they're saying, ah, not allowed to do that, quarterbacks are now selling it. Ben Roethlisberger admitted in his radio show this week that when he got clubbed in the head, he fell down. He didn't need to fall down. He was going to fall down. He was going to become a domino because he knew a flag would then be thrown. Ravens offensive coordinator Don Martindale is correct. Quarterbacks be diving, and it ain't a good look. But if you're a quarterback, what would you do? I would dive. Tom Brady gets credited all the time for being as smart as he is, right? Tom Brady can pick apart a defense because Tom Brady can understand what the defense is doing before the snap. 
It's all about brains, right? Peyton Manning, he's brilliant. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. He's audibling in and out of plays. He's saying Omaha. Oh, my God, how we love Omaha, right? Well, isn't this just an extension of that? Yeah, it is annoying. Yeah, it borders on soccer. Yeah, it kind of looks like hockey goaltenders. And God knows how the country hates hockey and soccer. But if you're a quarterback and you get hit on the dome, don't you want those free 15 yards? Isn't it about putting the ball in the end zone? I want my quarterback diving. I want my quarterback acting as if he got shot. Like there's a sniper in the 50th row. I want him going down. What do you think? 412-922-2874. I'm nervous if I'm a Steelers fan about this game. They're always close. And the Ravens, whoa, they have had their success at Heinz Field. Last playoff game between these two teams, the Ravens came into Heinz Field and they whooped up on the Steelers. It wasn't close. Ben Roethlisberger was sacked five times, threw a couple of picks, only one touchdown. It was really a beatdown. Last year, the Ravens come in here. They ain't scared. They put up 38 points on the Steelers' defense. Not that it's a vaunted Steelers' defense anymore, but they come in here. Joe Flacco doesn't throw the ball past five and a half yards, and they tear apart the Steelers' defense. They're not scared. They play good defense, and right now they're playing good offense. I'm not going to tell you who I picked just yet. It's PPM. i got to keep you listening. I mean, at the end of the show, I'm going to have to tell you who I pick in this game, right? But the Baltimore Ravens might not wind up being a good offensive team, but right now they are. And any good offensive team that plays the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, I think they're going to score their points. I think they're going to get their fair share. I think they're going to put the ball in the end zone. And, hell, every time these Ravens cross the 50-yard line, their kicker's putting it right down the middle. You will hear this on the broadcast, Sunday night, Steelers fans. That kick is up, and it's good, and it would have been good from 70. Broadcasters love saying that. Rarely is it ever good from 70, but, hey, you'll hear it. Here's another reason I'm worried. This from Will Graves from the Associated Press. It was in his story today. Always check out Will. We love his stuff. It was an Artie Burns quote. Quote, I don't feel like I'm really confident right now. I've got to get back to the basics and make the plays I know I can make. End quote. What? I don't feel like I'm really confident right now? Y'all remember Cortez Allen, right? People think Cortez Allen sucked, and, well, he did. But he didn't always suck. At the beginning of his career, he had length. I thought he was a good player. He was always a yes sir, no sir kind of guy. He was going to put people on the ground. I liked him. But his confidence, his mental game was absolutely shot, and that's why he wound up being ousted from the league. Artie Burns has all kinds of talent. Artie Burns can run. Artie Burns is long. Artie Burns makes enough plays on the football that you think it should be something that happens with more regularity. But once you lose your confidence as a cornerback, you're done. It's like losing your confidence as a kicker. You're alone out there. And we're seeing it right now with Chris Boswell. And it's not like he's shanking it left or drawing it to the right. Golf terms. I'm good at golf. He is just missing barely. But it starts to build up in the back of your head. Oh, boy, I don't have this anymore. I don't think he's done. I think he will get better. As far as Artie Burns, though, just like a kicker, you're out there on the island. You're matched up in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Sometimes you have a safety over the top, sometimes not. Depends on how well the Steelers' defense is communicating that day. But I'll point to two plays right now 
that show the complete lack of confidence. Artie Burns bites in on the double move in the Tampa game, gets burned for a touchdown. And Artie Burns against the Kansas City Chiefs, going up against one of the fastest players in the league in Tyree Kill, says, ah, I'll play you man-to-man, but I ain't going to jam you. I'm just going to let you run right past me, and I'll, I got the speed to keep up. Artie, no, you don't. No one has the speed to keep up with Tyreek Flipping Hill. It's between the ears with him. It's not about talent. It's about understanding the down and distance. It's about understanding where you are on the football field. It's about understanding the damn scoreboard. And when you're up and you're trying to kill the clock, what do you think Keith Butler's saying to him? What do you think Tom Bradley's saying to him? Don't get beat deep. Don't let them behind you. Artie's off in his own little world. He went to Miami. He's thinking, turnover chain. I'm going to intercept that football. I'm going to jump in on this slant. And no. Burn. Touchdown. I don't know if it's going to get better this year. The Steelers have given up 15 pass plays of 20 or more yards. Ouch. Here's one positive for the Steelers, though, prior to this game. The offensive line looks like they're coming back healthy. And the running game, for as good as it was in week one against Cleveland, pretty bad since then between the fumble and the 27 yard james connor run connor rushed 34 times for 40 yards i don't think this is an indictment on connor i think that this tells you just how important having marcus gilbert and david DeCastro in there is you hear it all the time from steelers fans well filer's a good run blocker and bj finney's a good player yes and yes but filer's a good guard Finney's a backup. You're not going to get the same production with David DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert. It's just not going to happen. And because of that, the Steelers are now 23rd in the league in running the football. Falling behind against Kansas City had something to do with it, sure, but they aren't getting a good enough push up front. Filer and Finney were fine, but they ain't DeCastro and Gilbert. Those dudes are studs, especially in the running game. I think it's huge to get that back on track this week. 412 is the number. we got Paul Dog coming up later in the show. He's going to be rapping about Stiller's Ravens 2018. Dale Lolly joins us next to talk about the rivalry as a whole and what to expect on Sunday night. It's the Crowley Show. Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. It's Ravens week, AFC North football. Joining us now to discuss the one and only from the Steelers Radio Network and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he is Jerry Dulac. How are you, Jerry? I'm doing good, Stan. How are you? (laughs) Well played, Dale. I can't believe I did that in the cheese tease. I said that we had Jerry Dulac coming up at 420, and for real, it was Dale Lolly. Dale, of course, works for DKPittsburghSports.com and the Steelers Radio Network. I'm sorry, Jerry. Uh, no! I'm sorry, Dale. There is not a worse insult that can be hurled. Uh, I, you know what? If I'm confused with Jerry, that's that's okay. Jerry's a fine gentleman. Jerry is a fine it. gentleman, and you're a good guy. By the guy. way, you're uh, Texas Tech just scored. Oh, Dale. Oh, Dale. I'm taking the under in that game, baby, but we'll talk about that off the air. Steelers, Ravens, it's always close. 
Christmas Day a couple years ago, it's a high-scoring game. We all know what happens there. Last year, 39-38 at Heinz Field. And, Dale, while it's still a close rivalry, while it's still clearly a rivalry, it doesn't get my blood pumping. It doesn't get me bothered up in the shorts anymore the way it did a decade ago. And I kind of think it's a little unfair to the rivalry, to be honest, because I still think it's hot and heavy, baby. Uh, well, you know, it, it is hot and heavy to a certain degree, uh, but the Steelers have gotten the better of it in recent years. They've just been a better team than the Ravens. Sure thing. Um, you know, the last couple of years, so that's kind of dulled it a little bit. And, and you know, you just don't have the, you know, Terrell Suggs is still there and Ben Roethlisberger is still here on, on, on the Steelers' side of things. But a lot of the great players that made this rivalry what it was are gone. Um, you know, you don't have the... The Nadas and the and the you know Ray Lewis's and and Ed Reed's on that side, or the Troy Polamalu's and Joey Porter's and 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 James Harrison's on this side. So it's you know it, it has kind of dulled a little bit in that regard. It, it's just these two these two teams don't hate each other like they used to. Mm. Now yeah. it's more of a, a mutual respect. The, the, if you if you looked at the the Ravens press release for this week. They've got a bunch of quotes, and they, they do a great job at their press release, by the way. Not that the Steelers don't, but the Ravens really do. They put a bunch of quotes in there, and it's it's a bunch of different guys talking about how much they respect the Steelers. Can you imagine that happening 10 years ago? No, I can imagine Joey Porter jumping on a bus trying to kill a guy. Yeah, it would never would have happened. I mean, it's just, this is the, this is the way it's gone now. I'll say this. While it's a healthy respect now, I still think they respected each other back then. I just don't think it was healthy respect. I think it was, we know we're in for a dogfight, and let's put a bounty out there on Hinesworth's head. Yeah, I think that was a lot of it. I think, I think there was a, a good amount of dislike there. Um, I think they, the, the Ravens generally did not like Hinesworth. Uh, they may have respected Troy Polamalu, and they, you, know, you never heard much said about him. Uh, but they hated Heinz Ward. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think that there was, you know, those kind of things going on. I think a lot of Steeler fans hate Terrell Suggs. Um, you know, they really dislike him. But, this, this, you know, to the, a large degree, the Steelers don't. Um, it's, it's not nearly as nasty as it, as it is with the Bengals. I'm putting this up on Twitter right now. Is Terrell Suggs always drooling? I think the answer is yes. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why Steelers fans uh, don't like him. Uh, Dale, if you could pick, and this is on the spot, so I'll give mine first, but if you could pick one play that kind of encapsulated the rivalry back in the day, what would it be? Mine is when you had two players knocked out simultaneously in the AFC Championship game in 2008. I don't mean to laugh, but... That's just the way it went. I'm going to take you down. You're going to take me down. It's pound of flesh here, pound of flesh there. I thought that that really encompassed it. Yeah, there was that one. There was Ray Lewis breaking Rashard Mendenhall's shoulder yeah. and then celebrating it. I mean, that was a pretty <laughs> – I mean, there was not a lot of respect there. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but then you look, and I think things started to change a little bit uh, with another iconic play, the Antonio Brown catch down the sideline on the, on the helmet. Um, that, that kind of ushered in the new offensive era between these two teams. That's a great point. Uh, Dale, before we continue down the road of Steelers-Ravens, well, I guess I can use that as a jumping point, honestly. The way that the rivalry's gone of late, it's been a higher-scoring game, and as you said, that ushered in that new kind of era. It, it really is a microcosm of the way that the league has moved, right? I'm watching last night's game, and I thought, oh, my God, it looks like a college football game. And while I love college football for that 
I kind of like college football being that and the NFL being its own thing. I think they're kind of morphing together a little bit right now. Yeah, I mean, those were those are two good defenses that were on the yes. field last night, and they certainly didn't look like it on either side. Um, you know, there weren't really any defensive plays made in that football game until the, the very end. It was very much like the Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, this is this is what the league wants, and I think it's a lot of it. I, I was just asked this on a chat. Um, you know, if this is what the league wants, I think it is because I think you know if you if you look at it this way, how many people watch the NFL or are you know worry about the NFL or, or even pay attention to the NFL because of fantasy football? And what are those? What are those people? They're not. They, they're you know casual fans. Um, and that's what you're going after in those respects. Uh, so you, you watch a game like, like what happened last night. It was a, a great game to watch. Uh, but, you know, how many fan, how many Rams fans are there out there in Pittsburgh? How many Vikings fans are there in Pittsburgh? Not very many, but I bet a lot of people watched that game because they had fantasy guys playing. And yeah, so Dalvin that, Cook, know, what are you doing, man? Two fantasy points, you son of a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I was playing against Cooper Cup. And uh, uh, the one Vikings, one of the Vikings receivers, it, it was not a. Uh, even though I had Todd Gurley, it was not a great start for me. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's that's what the league's going for. They want people watching these games because they they've embraced the fantasy model. I think they've they've you know look if people are going to do this, let's embrace it. Dale Lawley from DKPittsburghSports.com joining us here on the Crowley Show. Dale penalties, of course, a huge issue for the Steelers. Uh, they have been the first three weeks. I find it tremendous that that is a talking point going into Steelers-Ravens. So do they dial it back a little bit this week? Will we see the Steelers be a little bit more disciplined there? Well, you know, some of them are, are, are you know, the pre-snap and post-snap penalties are something you can do a lot about. Um, you know, and there's been some of those. Some of the other stuff has kind of been kind of ticky-tacky. I wrote last night when when the officials – Threw the flag for a block in the back on the on the long uh, catch and run by uh, Todd Gurley last night, and the the block in the back occurred right in front of the official, and he immediately pulls out his flag and throws it, and then they have a little meeting and they decide to pick it up. I'm like, you know, the league if that's not a if that's not a penalty, then the league should apologize to uh, to Vance McDonald and Alejandro Villanueva for the ones <laughs> that they threw against Kansas City. It's the same thing. You know, guys are, are flying by. Right the guy's that. momentum is already taking him past the play, and you call you know a, sh- a little shove in the back when the guy's not going to make the play. He's, he's he's already overrun the play, and you throw the flag. And then last night they decided to pick it up, and then those in the in the game with the Kansas City they didn't. Um, those are things that you can't really control as a player. I mean, you cannot do it, um, but those things happen on every play in the NFL. I, I think you know if you look at the penalties. The two most penalized teams in the league this year are the Steelers and whoever is playing the Steelers. Hmm. The teams playing the Steelers have gotten over, they've gone over 30 penalties as well. I mean, they've just had three, you know, over officious crews, I think, in, in, in large part. But this, I mean, some of it's, you know, things that they can avoid on their own, the, the, the pre and post snap penalties. But the other stuff, you know, I don't know what you do. If you've got a crew that's going to call a lot of stuff, uh, you know, Pete Morelli's crew, is calling. I want, to shoot, I want to shoot him into the sun. I, I can't his, his stand Pete Morelli. Four more penalties, four more penalties than average, for sixty more yards than average than the average Jesus. NFL crew through three weeks. That's that's as much to do with him as in his crew as it does anything with the Steelers. You know what? And I'm that, not. I'm not. 
I'm not discounting anything. You know, the Steelers have been way too penalized. And the, like I said, the pre- and post-snap stuff has to stop. But good Lord, if you get a, a crew that just wants to throw flags all day, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And I was talking to Tim Benz about that earlier on in the week. There's some things you need to clean up. Uh, when Darius Hayward Bay screaming at an official, some officials won't even throw the flag there, but I, I want him to chill the bleep out. Oh, did you see Adam Thielen last night? Yes. When, it, they it, made him, when they made him leave the field? Yes. You're telling it, me what he did was, was less egregious than what Darius Hayward I don't, And I don't know what Darius Hayward Bay did, but you know, I'm watching a guy stomp around and throw helmets, and, and you, know, you know, that was that to me was... It's an upshow, man. Uh, yeah. And, I, I'll, and I'll agree with that. The other one that I didn't like... From the game was Bostic hitting the sliding Fitzpatrick in the head. Yeah, just don't do that. Just pull up, man. And it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. But that's one I didn't like. Dale Lolly joining us, DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, when we did the pregame show back in the day together, great time. I miss buddy. those days, Adam. I do too, pal. We had a, we had a lot of fun. There was one thing that we consistently said about the Ravens and Joe Flacco, and on the count of three, let's do it together, okay? Joe Flacco, one, two, three, stinks. stinks. Oh, oh false start. Uh, you're you're like a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's a pre-snap penalty. Uh, <laughs> Flag on me. Uh, do you buy into them now? Do you buy into them? better this year. He has been better. He's got better weapons. Do you think um, they're staying power there? I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, now again, I, I think they've given him better. They've given him more to work with this year than he's had in the past. So to be fair to him, I mean he's he's not the franchise quarterback that they are paying him to be. Um, but he is not. I think he's a lot closer to Andy Dalton than he has Ben Roethlisberger. Let's put it that way. Um, I think he will still make mistakes. He, you know, he just will. Uh, but they've given him better weapons to work with. They, they haven't run the ball particularly well this year. Uh, Alex Collins is averaging 3.4 yards a carry. Um, you know, they, they give the ball to Buck Allen. Buck Allen's averaging 2.5 yards a carry. That's not going to make it happen. You can't put it all on Flacco's plate and expect that to continue. Their offensive numbers are what they are right now because in the first two weeks, they blew out the Buffalo Bills, who were starting Nathan Peterman, uh, and they stink. They had 140 yards of offense in that game against against the, uh, the Ravens, which you know, has made the defensive numbers look better than they are. And, of course, the Ravens were able to you know, jump out to a big lead early in that game. And then they, they, you know, the, the Ravens fell behind the following week against uh, Cincinnati and had to throw the entire game. So uh, you know, I'm not ready to say that the Ravens' offense is, is great. Um, I think it's better. But I, don't, I think their defense is, is a little bit weaker than it has been in recent years. So I think there's a. I still think the Steelers are the better team. No, Jimmy Smith doesn't sound like C.J. Mosley is going to go either. Do you think the Steelers are able to move up and down the field, put some points on the board this week? You know, it, it, the three games that Ben Roethlisberger has played against the Ravens and Jimmy Smith is not. He's averaged 375 yards passing, and uh, he has 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. Hmm. That's Pretty three good. games in those. In those three games, uh, Antonio Brown has 32 catches for about 450 yards and two scores. Think about that. He's averaging over 10 yards a catch and about 150 or 170 yards receiving in those games. Um, overall, his, Antonio Brown's numbers are not great against the Ravens. Um, he, he, he barely has 1,000 yards in 15 career games, but when Jimmy Smith doesn't play, 
uh, it makes a huge difference because he, Jimmy Smith's a, a big physical cornerback, and that's the kind of guy that uh, Antonio Brown struggles with. You know, if Jimmy Smith doesn't play in this game, I expect Antonio Brown to go off. And, and Jimmy Smith isn't going to play in this game for sure. We know that he's suspended. Dale, I love the way that you put that. The 15 career games, just over 1,000 yards for Antonio Brown isn't good enough. It's not. Yeah, it's, like, it's like. I mean, like that's how freaking good he is. Just over 1,000 yards. And, and for if most it was, guys, that would be great. Exactly. That's anybody else you're thinking, oh, wow. I mean, that's a, yeah, he's pretty, he's a Ravens killer. Antonio Brown, come on, come on, buddy. Let's pick it up just a little bit. Uh, Dale, do you give your prediction prior to the pregame show? I will let you hold it if you want to, but uh, if you want to give it, I'll let you give it here, too. I get, I get the Steelers winning this 27 23, Adam. All right, buddy. Does that work hey, for you? A uh, little lower scoring than what maybe Mike Pursuta would like, but uh, I got the Steelers winning it. <laughs> Appreciate the time, Jerry. Thank you. Oh, no problem, Stan. Hey, I think Texas Tech just scored again. Oh, you mother bleeper. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. That's Dale Lolly, DKPittsburghSports.com. I love that guy. I really do. He's good people. Coming up next, the Steelers have had a lot of success lately against the division. It means nothing to me. It's a Crowley show. Now here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Steelers are unbeaten in 11 straight division of games. As if that's supposed to make Steelers fans feel any better. The Steelers didn't beat the Browns in week one. They also didn't lose to the Browns in week one. But in my mind, in my personal, as Stu Gotts would say, record book, they lost that game. So, no, the Steelers really aren't unbeaten in 11 straight divisional games, and it's different. I saw a number of different outlets today bring this up as a positive. The Steelers always play up to the division opponents. They're always good on Sunday night football, and in prime time, they are good. I'll buy that stock. I am all up in that. What I'm not buying, though, is that the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns are the same teams as they've been over the last 11 games. I'm not going into any division game this year, Bengals, Ravens, or Browns, and thinking the Steelers are absolutely going to win this game. It's not going to happen. I don't believe it. Again, PPM, I am not going to tell you who I'm picking until the end of the show. If you're interested in that, come back at 640. Then I'll tell you who's going to win. But these ain't last year's Ravens. These ain't the Ravens from a year before that. These aren't the Ravens from a year before that. The Bengals this year are better. I know it's only through three games, but I thought they'd be coming into this season. So why am I supposed to think that that matters at all? The Dolphins have never gone to New England to beat the Patriots when Tom Brady's playing. They're going to do it this week. I'm calling it right now. The Dolphins beat the Patriots this week. Because the Patriots aren't very good right now. Now, I do think the Patriots are going to still win the division. We'll get into that later on in the program. Hot taking it. But the past has nothing to do with Dolphins-Patriots now. The Dolphins are probably a little bit intimidated. You go to Foxborough. You got Belichick with his cutoff hoodie. You got Tom Brady and his knees that are fixed by TB12, and you're thinking, oh, we always lose up here. Okay, I get that a little bit. It's in the back of your mind. Anytime the Steelers play the Patriots, you think about that in the back of your mind, too. I get it. The Bengals are significantly better. Their defense is good. 
They've got A.J. Green. They've got Tyler Boyd. They've got Eifert back. Joe Mixon is a stud. They can put up points on offense. Andy Dalton's proven that when he's had legit offensive talent. The Ravens, they now have legit offensive talent. Now, it's the bargain bin, right? It's older players, but that's kind of where they've shopped. It's what they did when they brought in the hell's the guy's name who used to play for the 49ers. Anquan Bolton. That's what they did then. You bring in Crabtree now. You bring in John Brown. Those guys can play. Those guys can burn this Steelers defense. Now, they can't run the ball, but they're better on that side of the ball than they've been in a couple of years. Joe Flacco is healthier than he's been in a couple of years. I don't believe in Flacco. I don't think that the Ravens are a great football team, but they're better now than they've been, and they're better right now today. Today. And they've played better football than the Steelers have. So I ain't saying because there's been 11 straight games, Steelers have gone unbeaten in the division that that has anything to do with this. In the Browns, we saw it didn't matter because the Browns ain't the Browns. And if the Browns ain't the Browns, the Browns can beat the Steelers. Or they can at least tie them. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Devin. Hello, Devin. Do you remember when Joe Flacco used to have no luck against us at all? Troy Palomalu was like kryptonite. Like whenever something remotely good was about to happen, Troy Palomalu would like sacking and making fumble or intercepted returning for a touchdown or something crazy. Those days are gone, man. I am not optimistic. And I'm, I'm really level-headed, but I'm not optimistic about the Steelers in any way, brother. How could Their you defense be? defense is putrid. Trash. It's trash. So, like, it, it's it's trash. nothing to... Terrific. It, I don't care it's if terrible. you can score 50 points if you give up 55. Agreed. It's Big 12 football. Every time this team takes the field in just in an NFL form, and I appreciate the call, Devin, uh, I thought you were going to go a different way with that. I thought you were going to talk about Joe Flacco's appearance because there is, I think, a huge indicator of when Joe Flacco started to suck and when Joe Flacco started to look good. Joe Flacco used to be the weirdo guy with the long-ass unibrow and his hair was hanging down in front of his eyes, and he looked like a fool. Now he's got sweet-ass soccer player hair. He's looking well-manicured. He looks like a guy that's going out there to get some ass. It's the money. since the money, That's since the that money. ass, Joe Flacco hasn't been the same guy. Now, I don't know if it's all about the money. I just don't think he was ever good enough to get the money in the first place. He just happened to be the best player of all time for three straight games in the postseason. Four straight games in the postseason. I think there's a real line to be drawn there. Joe Flacco gets pretty, and that offense gets ugly. Also, this is the Twitter poll up, at underscore Adam Crowley. Is Terrell Suggs always drooling? 88% of Our listeners say yes. 12% are out to lunch. I mean, what the hell are they thinking? I mean, Brian, you've been around Terrell Suggs more than anybody. I mean, he's always drooling, right? you got to hop over puddles in Baltimore to get away from his drool. Yeah, it's bad. He's like a river monster. Dude, he's like a snarling monster. You're right. That's exactly what he is. Like, he's the kind of thing that you would find, like, a team searching for on the Discovery Channel. And when they (laughs) find him, he tips the boat over and eats them all. I think James Harrison was the same way. Oh, yeah. He was definitely an Amazon monster. Like, yeah, one of those things. Those guys are just different breeds. They really are, man. They live and breathe the game to the point where failure really is not an option. I know that sounds like a cliche, but it isn't with these guys. They really hate failure, and they do everything they can to not have it, which includes being the meanest mf you can on the mm-hmm. field. 
You know, I think one of Joe Flacco's problems, back to your point about him, when he kind of went downhill, I think the five kids have played a big role in him sucking. He's got to worry about five damn kids running around with like in, within like six years. Dude, you think the wife's laying off Joe Flacco in the offseason? Like, no, we got five kids. You've got to take care of them. Dude can't concentrate on football. I'll tell you what. I think we can go back and combine the two. He got prettier. Wife couldn't leave him off, leave off him. So now they're banging all the time. Now kids are popping kids. out. It's now just tough. More responsibility, less long passes. Joe Flacco sucks. It's a big problem. Yeah. Now, he did throw a couple passes a couple weeks ago that there were flags thrown on. And I thought, oh, no, he's back. You know, but you got to take it. You got to take Joe Flacco with a grain of salt because you see how inaccurate and how bad he is down the field. And but you're right, you do have to kind of compare that to like that run for the Super Bowl where he was super accurate and everything was falling into hands during that run. Those last few games, and that that's been the biggest difference for Flacco. I think he used to be a tremendous deep ball thrower. Uh, he had great arms, so strength. accurate it was unbelievable. That's how they won games back then. It was, and now it's been all dink and dunk. Now this year it's been a little bit different. And he's got better weapons to throw the ball to, and they're not even running the football. So it does show me that he is playing better. I don't think he's good, but I still think he's got the ability to be good against the Steelers. It seems he always raises his game as he did last year in that 39-38 defeat, as he's done a number of times in Heinz Field. He's one of those intangibles guys, and I know that that sounds ridiculous, and it's why I don't pick no. them to go to the playoffs. why I didn't think they were going to go last year, because over the course of a 16-game schedule, Joe Flacco gets exposed. But in one game at Heinz Field, when the Steelers' defense blows, I think he's going to put up pretty good numbers. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy where he sucks, but he's dangerous. Yes. And, and when you get that version of Flacco, you could be in trouble. But... Chances are you're not probably not going to get that. I'm guessing the averages come back, and I guess flat. I mean, with his accuracy, I think he comes back down to down to earth. I think you know the Bills early on. There's some momentum there, but Flacco will be Flacco in the long run. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Cincinnati's a better football team. I think the Ravens are playing good ball now, but I don't know if Denver's any good. I think it speaks to the NFL. We don't really know who's good, so we don't really know who's bad and vice versa. So it's tough to evaluate teams right now, and it's really kind of early to look at statistics. The one thing that I am paying attention to, and I think everyone has brought this up, is that the Ravens are 12 for 12 in the red zone right now. And you can say that that's a huge concern, and it is, but that's something that's going to come back down to earth. You're not going to go 100% in the red zone during the season in terms of scoring touchdowns. Now, any time they get in the red zone, they're going to put up points as long as they don't turn it over because they get the best kicker in the game. But anytime they cross the 50, they've got free points. Anytime they're getting in the red zone right now, they're getting touchdowns. So they're tough to defend right now. We'll see if they're tough to defend as the season wears on. I've got a Ravens scouting report here for you. How Crowley show is that? We got a scouting report. Sportsy sports. But before I get to the scouting report, I go to Tom. Tom, do you think that Terrell Suggs is always drooling? Absolutely. I, I was actually, Brian said there's puddles in Baltimore that people have to step over. Brian, they've actually had to close down sections of like the highway because of his drool sometimes. No, right? you're not. You the are bay will talking. actually rise if he's out on like a boat or something like that, and half the city's flooded before. It's, it's, a, it's an it's absolute a, disaster. Tom, it's a fact that they held, had to build the Bay Bridge higher. I, I, I thought I heard sucks. that. I yeah, thought yeah, I heard that's, that. That's true. Yeah. He's wild. just a football creature. Ugh. He was born for one thing, and it's to play football, just and, like James and, Harrison. And dropped drool on the and floor. Flood yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that mouth is good for one thing, and it is drooling. Here's the Ravens scouting report. Yeah! No Jimmy Smith for the Ravens. Dale Lolly touched on this a little bit earlier on in the program. 
AB averages 150 yards a game without Jimmy Smith. 60 yards a game with him playing. Tim Benz made a great point in Breakfast with Benz. You should check that out in the trip. There's no bend, but don't break this week. The Ravens are 12 for 12 for touchdowns in the red zone. Flacco's found seven different receivers for touchdowns. Justin Tucker's as good as it gets in the field goal department. So you have to do what you did in the last game against Kansas City. Or, pardon me, against Tampa Bay. Don't do anything you did against Kansas City. You have to take the ball away. You have to create negative plays. You have to have success on first downs. You don't want them marching into your territory. They get in the red zone, it ain't going to go the way you want. I'd suggest stopping the run. That's something that teams have been able to do against the Ravens. You do that to them. Get them behind the chains. Force Flacco to have to throw the ball 50 times. And force Flacco not to be able to dig and dunk. Force him to throw the ball down the field. It's not like he's not capable, but that's the way to get it done. Shut the drives down before they start. Benzie made another good point in his column today. The Ravens have not allowed a second-half touchdown. When you're playing with a lead, though, it makes it easier to be that way. I bet you that changes this week. I do. I bet you it changes. Hey, guys, what day is it? Oh, I it's think Friday, it's Friday. It? it is a Friday. Wow. Which means it's a free movie Friday. Free movies? Yes, sir. How? And here's how you get it. Thanks, Tom. The Adam Tickets app. It's the best way to book your movie tickets. You want to hook up with passes to see Smallfoot in theaters today? Smallfoot? Yeah. Are you ready for this must-see animated comedy? Yeah. yeah. Text Burger to ATOM1. That's 28661. Burger, your chance to win. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Now, full transparency here. It is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. It says here in the script, are you Yeti for this must-see animated comedy? I'm guessing they did that oh, on purpose. Oh, that's brilliant, man. That's great. Like, let me see that. Let me see that copy. Let me see y if I can rock that. Y-E-T-I. Okay. I didn't want to do it because I didn't know if it was a typo, but upon Ugh. further review, I bet you it was. Hey, it's a free movie Friday, and Adam Tickets, the best app to book your movie tickets, wants you to hook you up with passes to see Smallfoot in theaters today. Are you Yeti for this? <laughs> you nailed it. I did, didn't you I? You really did, dude. That works when you, like, sell it, you know? And I Are you it. Yeti? I was ready. Now I am Yeti. Are you, you're, you're totally Yeti. I'm Yeti, tell. baby. You're so Yeti, you're Sasquatch. Whoa. Yeah. Loch Ness Monster. UFOs. Coming up next, Fat Jack to handicap this weekend's games. Grassy Knoll. NFL, conspiracies, and college football coming up next. It's the Crowley Show.